Welcome to the Ada Kappa New Podcast, Career Conversations. I am your host, Amy Jones. I'm a member of the HKN Young Alumni Team, and we are a group of young engineers and computer scientists navigating our own careers and sharing our conversations about work, life, family, and having it all. Welcome to my guest today, Liana. Liana Niklas is a staff applications engineer at ARM. She graduated with her BS in electrical engineering from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, where she was also HKN Alpha Chapter President. Her MSEE she has from the University of Texas at Austin, and Liana works in the semiconductor industry focused on computer architecture and system-on-chip design. She also moonlights as a career coach, helping people navigate their job search and volunteers with HKN. So Liana, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. We're going to talk today about career planning. And Eisenhower very famously said, plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. So for our audience here, whether you're new to the working world or an experienced person making a shift, I hope that our conversation here today is going to be helpful to you as you navigate the activity of career planning. So Liana, can you please start by sharing a little bit about your background and career up to this point? Yeah, sure, definitely. So when I first graduated from UIUC with my bachelor's, I joined ARM's rotation program. And after six years uh, that I spent as an SOC designer at ARM after settling after my rotations, uh, now I train and support ARM's customers as an application engineer for ARM's Neoverse product line, uh, which is our infrastructure products aimed at cloud edge and 5G applications. That is amazing. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I enjoy it. That, that sounds like a really, really interesting thing to be, to be doing on a day-to-day basis. I definitely enjoy so- it. When you first remember thinking about career planning, outside of deciding what you wanted to be when you grew up, what is the first thing that you remember thinking about? Yeah, I think my thought processes for that really matured in college. Uh, It really comes down to the classes you choose and the internships that you're able to get. Um, Those have a really big impact. And so it's good to be thoughtful about those decisions where you have the opportunity to be. Um, I know sometimes with internships, you kind of take what you get, but where you can kind of pick you know, your direction, that's a good time to start doing that. Actively seeking advice from professors and students and alumni a couple years older than you is really useful. That's something that I remember doing a lot when I was at UIUC for my bachelor's. And then, of course, talking to any recruiters that come to your campus, they're usually really knowledgeable and happy to help you learn about their company or career path. And then, uh, of course, resources like this podcast are great, too. Uh, The clearest advice that I remember getting in college was that if I focused my career more on software, I would have made more money, which was definitely true. But I love computer architecture too much, and the pay is still pretty great. Um, So we're lucky as electrical and computer engineers that most of the directions that we can take our career in uh, prepare us to, you know, have an exciting, engaging career and also one that will probably make a pretty decent wage. Um, So that really makes more options available to us, which is awesome. That was one of the biggest challenges that I remember when I was starting to think about a career was that it felt like electrical and computer engineering was such a broad degree that it felt like there was a hundred and thousands of options. And so narrowing down what I really wanted to do with this field was was kind of a, a challenging thing to do. Yeah, it definitely is tough. Like I said, for me, the my college education, and in particular, the computer architecture class that I took really helped me narrow that down. But it's a struggle. There's just too many interesting things to learn. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about how you're thinking about career planning developed as you kind of grew in your career. Do you think of this as like a discrete activity, a process, something in between? Yeah. So for me, it's come in waves. It kind of 
you know, I'll be more proactive about planning for a little while. And then for a while, I'll just kind of execute or let it ride. Uh, there were phases where I was doing a lot of skill building and exploring. And then there were other points where I had to really make a choice that there was a fork in the path and I had to choose which one to go down. Both of those kind of phases are important, I think, to the growth of one's career. Um, but I'll talk about some of the turning points for me. So when I first started a full-time job, I knew that I wanted to do a rotation program. So that was one big choice that I made. I felt like I really needed some broad exposure and that was a huge factor in choosing my position at ARM. Then once I settled into a permanent role, I spent a couple of years just kind of soaking up knowledge, being a sponge, um, expanding my network through things like the women's group at my company and so on. Uh, I wasn't really moving towards one specific concrete goal, but my goal at the time was just to build the resources that I would need once I found that goal. And then through some work that I did on tooling and some outreach work that I did, I learned about applications engineering, which is my current role as a career. It's kind of a mix of serving as a technical expert and a trainer to the customer, uh, doing some engineering work and helping voice customer feedback to improve products. It was really appealing to me as someone that really enjoys having an interactive, you know, people-oriented part of my job, as well as doing some of the technical work. And so an internal rotation opportunity came up and I jumped at the chance. I was very excited to take part in that program. And this kind of program exists at a lot of different companies. So definitely look for that kind of thing and take advantage when it comes, uh, comes by. My yeah, advice. I did one at John Deere and I loved it for oh, exactly yeah? the reasons you mentioned. That's yeah, amazing. My little sister works for John Deere too, actually, and she did. Don't she um, really? She did rotations when she first started. She loved it. Yeah, especially at a large company, something like a rotational program is a great way to find the the different places in the company where you feel like you can fit, whether it's a technical or a work group or a product line that really appeals to you. Yeah, absolutely. So once you figured out where your home was, what lessons did you pull from that? So now I'm a little bit more in the uh, exploration phase again, actually, because I just transitioned to this applications engineering role about six months ago, and I still feel like I'm settling in. Um, learning to be a good applications engineer is pretty exciting at the moment. Uh, there's lots of capacities within my role that I haven't gotten to quite explore yet. But the great thing is, is now I'm in a lot closer proximity to some of the customer facing roles that were previously really distant to me as part of the you know, research and development side of ARM. So I'm getting to interact with a lot more of those people and learn more about those different career paths. And that's been really great for me. I really love what you're talking about with kind of a, an exploration phase and then like an execution phase. Yeah. I, I suppose it's a little similar to the decisions that a lot of us make when we're trying to decide on a major in college. You Absolutely. know, you explore a lot of different ones and then you pick and then you explore and then you kind of drill down a little bit. Yeah. It, it's nice to know that that same process is really effective early in your career too, when you're trying to choose a, an initial place to grow. Yeah, I think in general, expecting yourself to have this master plan for your career is a little bit too tough. Uh, some people do, and I think they're amazing. I've known a couple people that were just super intentional about their career from the beginning, and, and it's just awesome to watch them work. But for the rest of us that don't have a master plan, <laughs> it's nice to kind of say, you know, you do have to keep working on it. You do have to keep building and making sure that you're taking the right steps to build skills, build your network, whatever it is but it's okay not to know where you're exactly going to be 10 years from now. The best metaphor I've ever heard about career planning is that your career isn't a ladder. It's a jungle gym. 
So sometimes you're going to go to the side a little bit. Sometimes you'll go straight up, but it's okay to not think of things in a perfectly linear sort of a way. And uh, I think for a lot of us in HKN who are really driven by achievement and by learning and doing more, sometimes trying to find those places where it's okay for us to expand our boundaries a a little bit and grow can be kind of a challenge. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, let's start from zero. In your mind, what is a career plan? Sure. Um, that's a bit tough. I, I guess it's just a general idea of what direction you want to take your career in. Um, so ideally, you'll have some kind of goal in mind and be able to move towards it. Um, we can talk a little bit more about the trappings of how you do that. But in general, I think it's kind of a set of goals that you have. So what do people really use a career plan for? Um, is it just for job searching or do you personally find it useful as a development tool too? I think it's great for both. Uh, so progressing in your career doesn't always mean jumping ship, although that can be a really healthy way to get yourself unstuck if you feel super stagnant, but you can definitely progress just by staying in place. So at what point in your career do you think you most need to do career planning? We talked a little bit about early in your career when you're first starting out, and I think that's natural. But uh, for those of us who are a little bit further on, are there some common milestones or achievements that should trigger us to think about developing a career plan or revising one we have? To me, it's something that's constantly growing and developing, um, and keeping an eye on your career as you go along is pretty healthy. Laying plans is really great and having some long-term goals can kind of help you keep motivated, but your desires will definitely change as you move through life and learn more about your company and learn more about your industry. It's good to kind of check in with yourself intentionally, I would say at least once a year, Um, but at major milestones, like when you're changing jobs, when you get a promotion, or if you're feeling, just if you're feeling restless or unhappy, if you're not liking where you are, that's a really good time to stop and check in. That's such fantastic advice. I remember after I I had my first kid, um, it was a great time for me to kind of reevaluate my career plan based on the other things that were going on in my life. And I imagine that's the case for a lot of people who have moved to a new area or uh, maybe undergoing different life changes like getting married or things like that. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, so we know what it is. We know when we have to do it. How do you start? What do you need to do to prepare in order to develop a career plan? Sure. So... Picking a skills inventory is a really important part of the process. You want to take stock of your capabilities. So think about what are you good at? What skills do you enjoy using? Which ones are you sick of using? Which ones do you want to do more? What are you missing? For what you're missing, it can help to talk to other people. So talking to your manager and coworkers about what gaps they might see or talking to people in roles that you admire and want to move towards and asking them what's needed to get there. Then once you've identified what kind of skills you need to grow or build, then you want to make a plan for how to do that. You can try collaborating with your tech lead or your manager at work and try to um, identify opportunities at work that'll help you grow in those areas. Um, But if there aren't available kind of tasks in your daily job that will help you do that, you can seek outside opportunities through something like a conference, a training class, a workshop, Sometimes you might need to seek out a new job entirely, uh, but maybe you'll also need some kind of educational program, whether that's a formal degree or just a certification or some kind of online class. In general, another thing that's important is to reflect on what's important to you. You kind of want to make a list of priorities for your job and rank them. Is money important? Do you want to be much more autonomous? Do you need more work-life balance and so on? 
I, I love that you brought up thinking about what's important to you. One of the, the most useful things I ever did was, uh, I think it was called a motivation assessment, where you go through things like uh, stability and location and autonomy and achievement, and you figure out like what's really important to you. Uh, that was something that really, uh, the results of that kind of surprised me, and it definitely did impact uh, my goals and how that changed. Yeah, that's really excellent. Another thing aside from those is feedback. Um, so feedback is really essential to help yourself grow. You should gather feedback from coworkers, managers, and even like friends at work about your performance. Ask them what you do well, uh, where your opportunities for growth are. In particular, anonymous feedback can be pretty useful, um, often more useful for, so I mentioned you can get feedback from friends at your workplace. Sometimes you want feedback from your enemies, right? <laughs> you want feedback from the people that, that don't really like you very much. And a good mentor of mine was recently pointing out to me uh, that it can be very, very hard to extract feedback from those people because they're not interested in, in helping you for the most part if they don't care for you that much, right? So sometimes using, some kind of third-party tool. Some career coaching services do this. You can get that really critical feedback um, that will help you, you know, solve problems that you've caused for yourself in the past, more or less, <laughs> or, or uh, you know, problems between two people that have kept you from being able to grow in a certain direction, right? But yeah, in general, collecting feedback at big moments, like when you've finished a big project or when you're feeling stuck or frustrated is also really good. Um, it's good not to let feedback get too stale. So you want to try to gather it as quickly as possible after something happens. Uh, that's so smart. So it's really not enough to just do like a Myers-Briggs assessment and then say, okay, that's that's enough for my career plan. It's really important that you're really hearing from the people around you. Mm -hmm. I, I think probably because it can be really hard for us sometimes to really have a, a great view of externally, what, what are we really good at and what are we excelling at and where really where are our own blind spots? Right. So thinking specifically about some of those assessments, are there specific tools or self-assessments that you found particularly helpful? One piece of advice I have is that there's lots of great tools out there on the internet for you to use. Uh, you don't necessarily have to pay a career coaching service or anything like that, at least to get started. Um, sometimes if you're really trying to make a big transition, making some kind of investment in a formal service is useful, but there's a lot you can do just on your own. If you just Google for skill inventory tools, 360 feedback tools, SMART, which is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound goals, uh, worksheets are very good. And resources like the Harvard Business Review, the Muse, and other career-oriented publications like that usually have really great articles and advice on this sort of thing. You might want to even look uh, internal to the company that you work for. Some larger companies will have lots of development tools and resources like this available to you as well. Absolutely. And thinking about other things that we can gather to kind of help us prepare for this activity, you mentioned that you had a mentor that was really helpful to you. For those who are maybe just getting started with a mentor, um, how do you, how would you integrate a mentor's feedback into this process? I think in general, it always helps to just have someone who has kind of been there, done that, uh, giving you advice and helping nudge you in the right direction. Having mentors helps expose you to some ideas that you haven't thought of yourself and help you identify goals. Uh, that you want to achieve. They can also help you brainstorm solutions when you're feeling stuck or really facing a tough decision. I, I've had a lot of formal and informal mentors and 
I, I think it's really helpful, especially when you're coming up to a transition to have somebody who can be a little bit more of that impartial sounding board, like you said. Yeah, I agree. I think um, having a mix of informal and formal mentors is pretty normal. I think for most people, they don't, you know, make a mentor by by asking, hey, will you be my mentor? Although there's no shame in doing that. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times those relationships build over time. The tech lead that I used to work with, he and I had a pretty strong mentoring relationship, I think. Um, but that wasn't something that I, you know, formally asked for. It was just over time, I asked him enough questions about like, what do you think about this? Or what do I do here? That it just kind of formed naturally. Absolutely. I've been on the other end of that where I've I've been talking to a newer employee over time and then they'll they'll pop off and say, like, oh, this is my mentor, Amy. And I'm like, oh, really? You I I'm me? That that was always Aww. such a pleasant surprise. So That's never so hesitate sweet. to ask someone to be a mentor. It's uh, it's always a really flattering thing to be thought of. Yeah, I think the informal mentoring also feels a bit more approachable. I attended an interesting session not too long ago about networking for introverts. And one of the Ooh. top tips that they had was just not building it up to be a, a thing, you know, it, its own separate activity in your mind, right? Networking fundamentally is just getting to know people and mentoring, I think, fundamentally is just building a relationship with someone where that person becomes comfortable giving you advice and kind of believes in you and wants to help you build your career. It doesn't always have to be part of a formal program, although definitely those programs can help get you started. Absolutely. And I also think opportunities for mentorship can exist within organizations like IEEE and HKN, especially if you're looking for people who have really broad experiences. One of the challenges that I've run into at the company I work for, which is very, very large, is that uh, over time I looked around and realized that my network was becoming only people whose email addresses ended in the same thing as mine. And so uh, thinking about Ada Kappa Nu, that's one big function that it serves for me is, is getting to meet people like yourself that I, I can learn from. So uh, outside of maybe organizations like IEEE and HKN, are there other things that you can think of outside of your day job that you should consider as you're developing or implementing a career plan? That's a really good question. I'm trying to think what I've done. I think for the most part, I've tried to get involved in, um, so since I'm a woman in tech, I get involved in a lot of women's industry groups for networking and so on. And that's been a great opportunity to get to know some new people. I think it's always uh, important as well to keep in mind your network outside of engineering. I think most of our lives become so focused on, you know, electrical and computer engineering that we forget the amazing influence that people from outside of our narrow industry can have on us. Um, oh, that's the such a great career point. coaching. Yeah, I really, you know, I think it's important. Part of the career coaching that I do, the great thing that happens is I get to meet people from all different walks of life. And I learn something from almost everybody that I meet. I, I think in general, that's a good philosophy on life, but just learning about the career of a salesperson or learning about the career of a librarian has surprising, you know, advice for, for someone in an engineering career. Uh, I, I love hearing that. And I, I know you mentioned that you were a career coach at the beginning of this, but I'd love to know, how did you end up getting involved in career coaching? It seems so different from engineering. Yeah. Um, a good friend of mine uh, started her own career coaching firm several years ago. Uh, she had a degree in marketing and then worked for Indeed, the big job search engine for a while. And that kind of led to her spinning off this career coaching firm. I had been doing some university recruiting for uh, my employer for several years, as well as I was actually pretty involved in, in HKN when I was in college. 
uh, did a lot of the corporate relations for my chapter. And so a combination of that and a lot of guidance and mentoring from my friend that owned the firm, I was able to start working as a career coach. I do it part-time. It's just, you know, weekends and evenings for me, but it is really fun. And it's a great opportunity to meet people from all walks of life. What a fantastic example of what we've been talking about with taking a naturally formed network, being open to an opportunity, and then taking advantage of it when it shows up. Definitely. So in, in your experience, either personally or as a coach, uh, what are some common example or common obstacles you've seen as people work to develop a career plan? Yeah, I spoke about it a little bit earlier, but I think most people just hit this paralysis by analysis and think that they have to have this master plan and it really paralyzes them. They don't know what to do because they don't know how to start. Um, I think it's the same. I had a writing teacher once that always talked about if you can just get yourself to write something, it's going to go a lot better than if you try to like master plan this essay. Um, you do need to do some you know, thinking and strategizing, but sometimes just getting started really helps. So having some high level goals is great, but it's okay to take it one step at a time. Um, starting with some of the things that we mentioned earlier, like skills inventories and so on, you can just kind of build gradually. You don't have to have this huge master plan from the beginning. And it really seems like when we talk about preparing for career planning, a lot of what you're talking about is just learning more about yourself. What is important to you? What are you good at? And it seems like a lot of that can be a really organic exercise, especially the first several years in your career, Absolutely. or maybe the first several years after you try being a manager or move to a new industry. Yeah, definitely. So thinking about a career plan, how has having one helped you? Do you think there's a big difference between having a career plan and not? I think there's a big difference, um, at least, so for someone like me, my personality is pretty goal-oriented, and I tend to feel pretty unsettled if I don't feel like I'm moving towards something and I'm just kind of wandering aimlessly. So for me, having a career plan has helped me feel that sense of accomplishment. If I'm building towards something, it helps me overcome inertia, it helps me move towards roles that will make me feel happier and learn more. Um, without kind of taking this time to stop and plan now and again, you wind up just like sitting there a few years later thinking, why am I still here? You know, I've been frustrated <laughs> about this job for like two years. Why am I still stuck here? <laughs> so Liana, what I'd like to do is give our listeners a little bit of a, a more concrete example. So I was hoping that we could do a little bit of a role play where you will be you, career planning expert, and I will be, uh, let's say me, circa 2008, um, a new engineering grad, uh, Ada Kappa new graduate, uh, interested in electrical engineering, maybe some project management. Uh, what kinds of things would you do if we were sitting down to have a discussion to help me uh, think about what a career plan should look like for me? Sure. Yeah. I think one of my favorite questions is just asking about the skills that you like to use. So we always talk about a Venn diagram of skills that you really like um, and skills that you're good at. Um, you want to like the skill because you don't want to hate your job and you want to be good at it because somebody has to pay you to do it. Right. Um, and then mm -hmm. the perfect middle is where both of those things overlap. So are there skills that you feel like, hey, you know what, I have a little bit of a knack for this. And then also you enjoy doing it. So I'd say that the things that I am good at and enjoy doing, um, on every group project, I end up being the leader. I'm the person who sets out the schedule, who makes sure that everybody turns their parts in, who does the final edits on all the documentation. I may not be the person who's sitting down and doing all of the coding, but I'm definitely the person who's presenting the, the project at the end of the semester. 
So some of those roles where there may be some public speaking or some writing or even communicating, uh, those are things where I think I really shine. Sure. As far as technically, um, I really enjoyed the projects where I get to break things. I, I really feel like I have a knack for kind of picking out the holes in other people's designs. That's really great. I think the next stage that we typically push people towards is getting to meet a lot of people that do different roles in their industry. Um, one of the things that we always really encourage is informational interviews. So for you, I would try to find people in different types of leadership positions within your industry and see whether there's one particular type of leadership position that really suits you, suits your personality and your skill set. I would start with you know, a project manager, um, maybe talk to someone that coordinates different uh, teams or departments and so on. It really, it becomes one of those exploration phases where it's like, go to your career fair and talk to all of the representatives that are there and try to find that, you know, express to them that these are the skills that I'm looking to use. Is this something that you use every day on your job? What does that look like? Um, and really just kind of exposing yourself to as many different possibilities as possible and growing your network at that point. Why shucks, Leanna, that's great <laughs> advice. And it's so good that I'm an Ada Kappa new grad and have an, an alumni network that can help me find these people. Right, of course. <laughs> All right, so let's pretend I did that and I'm coming back to you and saying, okay, I, I've identified maybe two industries that I think are great fits for me. And here are maybe three or four different types of jobs that I'd like to work towards. Uh, maybe the problem with one of them is that project managers all have like 15 years of experience. So maybe if I put that as a goal on my career plan, what next? Yeah, the next thing to do is try to look for ways to grow that skill set from where you are now. Um, so sometimes if you're looking to move jobs or if you're graduating and looking for your first job, you just want to look for positions that have some elements of that responsibility of a project management responsibility. Sometimes you can do that immediately. Sometimes you, there are entry level jobs for project managers or whatever the case might be that you can get right away. Other times you may have to work towards it. So you may need to get a job that will help you build maybe some other skills that you're interested in in the meantime. Um, and then while you're there, you can try to get in contact with the project management team at the company where you work, uh, kind of try to make some time to shadow. It's always a good idea to ask someone experienced in that field, hey, is there like a side project that I can take on for you? Is there part of your work that you can you know, let me do or let me help you with? Just looking for any opportunity to make those connections and start at least in some small way, building those skills and getting a little bit closer to doing the things that you want. Wow. I feel like after this conversation, I would have come out with like half a dozen actionable things to do to move me towards a goal. So thank idea. you so much for that, yeah. that little role-playing thing. Sure. Um, that, that role-playing exercise is why I'm an engineer and not an actor. By the way. <laughs> uh, thinking about concrete career goals. I think it's a little easier to think about how to develop a career plan. But what do you recommend for people who have non-traditional career goals? Maybe things like retiring early, taking a break from the workforce, maybe working in another country. How, how does that change your career plan? Yeah, I think that's a big question. It's kind of hard to answer quickly, but each of those presents really unique challenges. There are a lot of nuances. You can use the same tools, though, even in those situations. 
So listing out your priorities, performing a skill inventory, and those kinds of things can help even then. But sometimes it just takes a lot of introspection and deciding what you want from your life, which, which is hard. But prioritization, I guess, is the best one for that. It, it's true. And it's hard to remember sometimes that choosing one path means you're not choosing an infinite number of others. Yeah. It's important to keep in mind that no change is forever, right? You can make a decision and reverse it you know, a few years later, sometimes there are challenges with that, but you're not stuck in one path forever just because you chose it once. Um, there's always an opportunity to reevaluate. And, and that goes back to our discussion at the beginning about the wide flexibility that our careers have given us. So uh, I think we all know many people who started off as engineers and ended up as academic professors or patent lawyers or craftspeople in, in other ways. So it's, uh, it's a big world out there still. Definitely. So thinking for the majority of us who are, who are going to operate in uh, a pretty typical company type structure, how do you talk about your career plan to others? Like if, if it's a hiring manager or maybe your current employer? Yeah, I think if I was a hiring manager, I would be thrilled to hear that the person I'm hiring has a career plan at all. Um, you want to connect the dots for them, how the role that they're hiring for fits your plan. Or when you're talking to your current employer, you kind of want to use your best judgment, whether your manager or your company is going to be able to help you with your plan or not. If you're looking to make really dramatic moves, that might not be the place to discuss it. A lot of companies or managers are ha happy to help employees make internal moves or maybe get on a new project, um, but some might be a little bit defensive about it. If you're unsure, maybe ask some colleagues that you trust what they think the management's reaction might be to the conversation. And I would kind of err on the side of caution. Um, obviously, it's easier if your plans involve growing in your current role or in your current organization uh, versus moving away. Uh, this is one area where having kind of a trusted mentor who's outside your direct management line can really, really help. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's about all the time that we have for today. Liana, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on career planning with our listeners. Do you have any last minute advice or tips that you'd like to share? Yeah, I guess just reiterating that career planning doesn't have to happen all at once. You can start by using some of the tools that we mentioned, like a skills inventory, just to get things moving and just work towards a career that will be happier and more engaging in the long run. That's the goal for all of us. Yeah. Well, thank you, Liana, and thank you all for joining this episode of HKN Career Conversations. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast, visit our YouTube channel, and find us at www.hkn.org. <laughs> <laughs>